I think it was uh, it was Brian uh, a year ago, and then J Justin uh, this last Christmas Eve uh, were at the ten o'clock with with Patrick, and and Patrick said, "Well, we, we've got enough priests. Why don't you go home?" And uh, this was uh, after the the eight o'clock service, and uh, unfortunately, my wife was right next to me this this last Christmas Eve, and and I heard that, and so. I said, okay, I'll, I'll go home. And uh, so the Christmas Eve tradition has been that uh, I would go home probably, well, it'd be, it'd be Christmas Day. It'd be about 1 o'clock before I got home. And, and all the presents and all the bikes and everything would already be assembled and wrapped. And so when, uh, when Patrick said, just go home, I was like, oh, gosh, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> My wife said, it'd be great. We could watch a little stuff, all Christmas stuff on the TV and, and rap, and it'd be great. So, so I got home, and uh, the kids were all in bed, and, and I, I kind of uh, got on the bed and, and just was kind of dozing off until I heard this, uh, this voice that kind of, well, it startled me. Are you going to rap or not? <laughs> Okay, so we start rapping, and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to watch a little Christmas movie. And I thought, let's watch the best Christmas movie of all time, right? Yes. yes. Nakatomi Tower, the whole thing, Die Hard with Bruce Willis, things blowing up, airplane, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and she said, no, for, for 17 years, Christmas Eve, I've been watching Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> Never again will I skip the 10 o'clock service. Never again. <laughs> so essentially the plot of the Hallmark movie is boy meets girl, girl meets boy. They don't like each other. They despise each other, right? And one of them really loves Christmas, and the other doesn't love Christmas, and then eventually something happens where they fall in love, and, and Christmas becomes this biggest event in the whole entire world. So next year, I'm going to get on YouTube, and I'm going to do a Hallmark plot, and I'll make millions, <laughs> right? And there are no explosions either. Well, I'm going to make some explosions. It'll be the, it'll be the greatest movie ever. <laughs> the Christmas story in Luke and in Matthew, are uh, they're dangerous. It's a dangerous situation. It's chaotic. It's nothing like a Hallmark movie. Uh, Luke introduces us to shepherds at the very first the blue-collar workers, the ones that work with their hands, uh, they are the first ones to, to hear God calling Israel that there is a newborn king. In Matthew, the scene takes place a little bit later uh, in Jesus' lifetime. A month later, two years later, we're not quite sure. But he introduces us to this very odd scene, this very odd scenario we, we see these wonderful guys, Don and Thomas, uh, and, and uh, coming, oh, the three kings coming up here, uh, and they sang beautifully and wonderfully, the, the, the we three kings of Orient. 
But it's a different scenario. If, if we look at it, we're not quite sure how many have come. We do know that they weren't kings. We do know they were Gentiles. And they came probably from an area that uh, was a dispersion where the, the Jews had been hauled off into a different country, into a different region. And that there was probably some idea of some of the scripture that the, the Jewish people had. But they were essentially enemies of, of the Israel nation coming from areas that held them captive for so long and brought them into ca captivity. Not only were they, were they from a, a culture or a, a country that hauled off the Jews uh, to be their slaves, they were also Gentiles. They were unclean. And not only were these magi that, they also dabbled in the dark arts. Remember the, the, the prophets and the magicians in Pharaoh's courts, the ones who try to conjure up things that Moses did? These were probably in the same kind of vein of that. They were the Harry Potters of the day. They were the, the ones that dabbled in those dark arts. And they were ridiculed. They were held with great skepticism by the, by the Israelites, by the Jews. They didn't dabble in the dark arts. They looked, they looked with some scandal with those that, that did that. And it usually didn't turn out well for those that, that, that followed the stars or followed divination and stuff. If, if you look throughout the Old Testament, things didn't go well. And so we have this story. It's not a Hallmark story. It's a story where God introduces the weirdest combination of people that you could think of into the very story of the king of the Jews. If I was going to write a story, I'd write it where they would be in the temple, the center of the universe for their culture. And I would place some of the, 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 the people that were held in high respect. Why would you bring in this scandalous group of, of oddballs and outsiders and people that are, that are living in a way that is nothing like the way you should live? And yet... God introduces them. God calls them to pick up from where they are. This isn't like a trip to HEB. You get in your car and you start your engine and you go a couple blocks. They are traveling a long distance at a great expense with great gifts to give. To give to the one that they believe is the king of the Jews. Somewhere in this country... There's a little toddler that will be the president of the United States of America. Somewhere in this country, someone is born. I'm not going looking for that person. No ambition to do that. But God calls these outsiders to look for a, a, a toddler, an infant, from thousands of miles away, that they would come and worship him. Can you imagine that? That they would kneel before a babe of a different ethnic group, a different country, a different social status, to say, we have come to worship the king of the Jews.
And they rightly go to the right place, right? They travel all this way, and, and, uh, and they decide if any place where the king of the Jews is going to be born, it should be in Jerusalem, that great city, that great temple, where everything and every event takes place that is meaningful. The king of kings should be there. And so they come to King Herod, and they ask, and King Herod is fearful. He is desperate. King Herod, well, he's no Mr. Rogers. He is something different, isn't he? For 40 plus years, he has connived and clawed his way to the top. He has allied him, uh, himself in the political group to make him number one. He actually picks the wrong group to ally himself with. He picks Anthony instead of uh, the, the Augustus. Uh, and, and somehow, some way, he finds his way back into favor with Rome, and they make him the king of the Jews. They make him king of the Jews. He's a vassal. He's just a servant of Rome in name, or in title, and everything, basically. But, he is vicious. He is one of the most vicious despots around. He kills some of his in-laws. He'll kill one of his wives. He'll hang up a uh, couple of his kids. Uh, Caesar Augustus will say, it is better to be his pig than to be one of his relatives. Pretty, pretty nice motto to have for the rest of your life. And they will ask him, and he will ask, where, oh where, oh where is this king to be born because I want to worship him myself, right? And so he asks all his brilliant theologians that surround him, and they say there's a verse in, uh, in the prophet Micah who says Bethlehem is where the Messiah will be born. Out of you, Bethlehem, even though you're, you're the least, the ruler will come out of you. But the big question that he doesn't ask is, who is this ruler? He, he gets the destination, but he doesn't get who is to be born. They stop at, at the scripture in Micah about where he's born, but it keeps going. The who is, out of Bethlehem will come one whose lineage is ancient, and who is from eternity past. And he will rule over Israel. And he will be the shepherd to Israel. And he will bring people to himself. People from all over. And he will be their ruler. And he will bring peace. That's Micah. And the king and those around him don't get it. All along... God has been calling not just his people, but also people from far away to him. Come and see. Come and see the one. You know, it's not about the stars. It's not about the gifts. Everything has been moved in advance. God is making his move. From the Roman census and moving Joseph and Mary from, from Galilee into Bethlehem, 
from the star that guides these oddballs from the east all the way to Jerusalem. God is in control. He is making his plans known. And he is making his movements. The ones that seek find out that they are being sought after themselves from the very beginning. Sound familiar? I can say, I look for God. But in reality, God is the one who has been uh, looking for me over and over and over again. The beauty of this story is this, that, that God is moving in such a way that, that the King of the Jews, this Messiah, the one from eternity past, the one who will come to rule Israel, is opening the door to everyone. Everyone. Not just an ethnic group, not just to a nation or a country, not just to a different social strata. He is opening the door to the universe, to everyone that would come and not worship a star, not worship a magi, not worship uh, uh, parents, but to worship the one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that is Jesus Christ himself. The Father is calling people to worship and the door is wide open. This is epiphany. It is the light of Christ that shines. That's the season that we're calling it, that, that the light of Christ would shine. The, the reading that, uh, that uh, Isabel read and the, and the reading that, uh, that Plaque read in Isaiah and then Ephesians, they talk about the light, the, the Messiah, the one who would be the light to all the nations. And him being the light to all the nations also includes Israel to be a light to the Gentiles. Paul's letter to the, uh, to the Ephesian church says this, that, that God is breaking down the barrier walls because in Christ there is no more barrier. Jew, Gentile, there is no more enmity. There is no more barrier to them. They all are called into the body of Christ. And that's amazing, isn't it? That's why I'm here. Because I came from Gentile roots. I don't know many Japanese that, that, uh, that are Israelites. <laughs> and it's the same for all of us. Because of Jesus Christ, because He came incarnate into the world, because he made that trip up the cross to bear all of our sins, past, present, and future, to bear the weight of our evilness and wickedness, to die, to be buried, to be resurrected, and, and to be risen again, ascended to, the, to the, uh, God the Father's right hand. All of that is because of his great love for all of us, that we may share in this table right before us, Jew, Gentile. You know, the Hallmark story, stories talk about love and transformation. But the gospel story, 
The gospel story talks about really God's grace, His love and His mercy and His hope to each one of us. Without Jesus, we are dead man walking. We have no power to save ourselves. And it is the love of God that calls His people to Jesus. To be those seekers like the Magi. I wonder, as I read this passage, if I've become so familiar with the story, not just of the Christmas birth, but of my relationship with Jesus Christ, that it becomes so complacent sometimes that I'm like the chief scribes and the rest of the priests. When they hear about the scripture, when they see these people from the east coming and saying the king of the Jews is being born, where is he? That they would just be so flippant to say, well, it's somewhere in the Bible and it says just a few miles down the road. Go check it out. I wonder if I'm so complacent just like that. And not in all of a God who would step into time and space and history that would offer me the gift of salvation. I pray in this year, 2020, that, that this church, that my family, that, that we would ask God to take off those blinders of our eyes, the eyes of our heart, and to see all His glory, and that we would worship, we would worship the King of Kings. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, please?